Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, everybody. I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. It's Kyle O'Reilly. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff Jarrett. I'm Rocky Asuka Romero. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk, home of Lou Gowen. Support WrestleTalk, whatever WrestleTalk is, and whoever Lou Gowen is, both the Ravens, nevermore. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. But you really should support WrestleTalk, and you should follow them and subscribe right now. Ali told me to say this, so I guess it's okay. Support Ali. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Make sure you watch and listen to Wrestle Talk. Or better yet, take just a moment, stop what you're doing, and bask in their glory. Do us all a favor and subscribe. Congratulations, you got here. Now subscribe and support. Thanks. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble podcast i am ollie davis and i'm joined by luke owen hello swamp nation and a hello to you oliver davis how the devil are you i'm very well i'm very well i think i might have been doing podcasting wrong my entire life so, so we used to have headsets yes and you know the audio quality was what it was I think I, I a lot. And then we got the new microphones. Yes. And that got worse. Yes. So we got these little socks, these little fluffy socks mm-hmm. for the ends of the microphones. Yes. And I just assumed that fixed everything. No. I, yeah. So, so now I, I had to do a voiceover yesterday where I said downtown Abbey rather than downtown Abbey which made me realise I've actually been calling it the wrong name its entire life, mm-hmm. which was embarrassing. But listening to me back, I I was getting the p- p- the p- p- the p- p- plosives. When you were saying VIP. Yeah. I'm, I'm too close to the microphone, I think. Well, this is why we've often had some audio issues anyway, where you are louder than I am because you are essentially talking into your mic like this. Yes, for podcast listeners... <laughs> Luke was licking the mic. <laughs> so I should be, I, I mean, what's that? A finger width? Yeah, you're meant to be... No, a finger length, rather. I think you're meant to be that far apart. I mean, I'm actually much closer to the microphone than I think I'm supposed to be. That far? So that's the little finger mm-hmm. extended to your thumb extended. But I think I might be basing that solely on the King's Speech. The King's Speech? That movie. Yeah, that set in 1935 or whatever. That's the one? Or 1939, because it was when he... You know, yeah, because of the big old. It was Hitler again, ruining <laughs> everything. 
yeah, so that, and, but I, I imagine audio qu- equipment's gotten better, I would like to think, in the 70, 80 years since. Mm-hmm. So I should be able to be really close to the microphone. If you haven't, if you can't hear at home, I've just moved right close to it. So I'm going to try and be back here a bit. I I don't think we're going to get this right because we don't have headsets on to hear how we mm. sound. And the reason why I have been against headsets is because I think visually it looks terrible. Yes. Yeah, and that's yeah. why we have a producer in-house who is wearing headphones so they can check the levels and adjust them accordingly. And tell us that mics aren't on. Yes. And, you know, doesn't always happen. But I think over the last couple of weeks, the levels have been more leveled out. That's good. Yeah, so I'm going to... You know, you said that you should be this far away and you extended your little finger and thumb. Mm -hmm. Someone used to tell me that's how big a penis should be. You know, like that's... You know, like all the body proportions. Yeah. They said, that's how big your penis should be. I was, you know, we were school kids. Mm -hmm. I was like, that that is way off. (laughs) I was terrified because I think that everyone said it was the index finger and the thumb, the distance between there, which I was still struggling with. And then this guy was like, well, mine's that big, Mm. which is I'm essentially doing the Samoa Joe. Yeah, you uh, can stretch your little finger out. Like, that's as far Mm. as my little finger goes. So I only found out I'm double jointed on my little finger over the weekend. That makes so much more sense because your finger was practically touching your wrist. Yeah, so I, uh, I can't remember what I was doing. I was just like moving my little finger independently of the other fingers. Mm. And my lady partner, we've been together seven years, said, you can make your the tip of your little finger touch your palm. I was like, yeah, can't everyone? And she was like, she, and she couldn't. And apparently it's quite rare. So you can oh, do it too. I, I could touch the finger of my palm. But my, I would say what you've got that's unique, though, is you can move your little finger. Because like one of the things is that when you move your little finger, it moves your third finger at the same time. Like, but you oh, can, yeah, that's it. But yeah. you can move yours without... Yes. I've recently mastered doing that with my little toe as well. I was so bored. You can bored. move your little toe. Yeah. Well, I, this, this was after three days of trying. <laughs> and, crucially, The Hateful Eight. That's a three-hour-long movie. Mm-hmm. I was bored. And I started to just focus in on my little toe, completely immobile before the movie started. And then I could wiggle it by the end. And now I can stretch it all the way out. Wiggle your big toe. That's from Kill Bill. Oh, uh, yeah, another Tarantino. God, it's, all, I was sucked into Tarantino's foot fetish and I didn't even know it. That's exactly it. I'm just glad that people are finally starting to get on board with my... Tarantino's a bit overrated, though, don't you think? He's gotten a little bit up his own ass in the last 20 years. So if you're, if you're confused as to what the moral of, of this story is, Luke was right. Once again, it's just it's about time we all got aboard that train. Speaking of being at school, the conversation we were having yesterday, this comes in from uh, Ali, uh, or just Ali maybe, who says, Hi there, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, Chopper, Pete, Housemate, Simon, and Randy. Having listened to your discussion on Tuesday about schools and people from being on TV, I thought I'd weigh in with an anecdote that includes both of these topics. For context, I am 16, having just completed my GCSEs. This is perfect. This is exactly the age group we wanted. And I left uh, the school where the story takes place in the middle of June. My school, and more specifically my year group, had a Channel 4 documentary made about it wow it focused around so you can probably guess what the tv show is based on this following sentence it was focused on a millionaire who was coming to the school as a secret teacher and realizing the difficulty that schools and teachers have in maintaining standards both in terms of students education and stopping the slow disintegration of the facilities and the buildings Mm. the secret millionaire 
Yes. Yes. Stephanie McMahon was kind of undercover boss. Is another one, yeah. It's it's the same format, really. Having the cameras in the school was a slightly surreal experience, especially when you watched conversations being staged and restaged in your English lesson Mm. between the head teacher and the millionaire. Also, the secrecy of the teacher wasn't well maintained, as a student (laughs) recognised him, and it had soon spread to the whole school who he really was. Regardless, it was a fun experience seeing myself and my friends in the background of shots, and because we were all in it together, no one was bullied. The show came out in August, and I believe it's still on Channel 4's on-demand service. Now, on to the question of whether teenagers are still uh, awful towards one another in school. Like Ollie, I went to an all-boys state school, so I'm well-placed to serve as a direct comparison to his experiences from school. While the atmosphere around the school was still very ladsy, puts that in quotation marks, the vast majority of the time it wasn't toxic. Of course, jokes were thrown around at another's expense, but most of the times they were light-hearted, and only very occasionally did they go too far. Much more of our efforts were put into taking the mick out of teachers, which, whilst isn't advisable, (laughs) it did bring the students together against a common factor, which meant we were less inclined to go after one another. Gay slurs and gay jokes are still during... Well... while still around during my time, were far less at the forefront of insults compared to how you guys described them. Furthermore, if it did turn out one of the kids was gay, people didn't have too much trouble. Overall, I very much enjoyed my time at school, while, uh, much like I enjoy your consistently consistent content. Segway, keep up the good work from Ali. P.S. As a fellow Reading person, I very much enjoy and agree with Luke's occasional complaints about our local bus routes. <laughs> that's what I like to hear. Well, that's interesting to, to know. That we're uh, that society has kind of progressed from our from our days. Mm-hmm. That's nice. It is nice. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to read out a Blake Ham email. Are you sure, you want to do this? I mean, we've got to get on with the show. <laughs> well, Blake Ham uh, emailed. Oh, you say, piece of crap, Blake Ham! Better not be depressing, otherwise I'm going to feel very bad. Can the newest member of the SWAF Nation, the heir to the throne, at least to get a shout out? And he sent us a picture of his newborn baby. Oh. There he is, the handsome devil that he is. And there he is oh, with his beautiful wow. family. Oh, God damn it, Blake Ham, <laughs> with your perfect daughters and their lovely blue bows. So, yeah, so Blake Ham, there you go. You can get a shout out for that one, I suppose. Maybe, maybe we'll have time to get to your other email. But oh, um... no, don't <laughs> congratulate him. Do not congratulate him. He has just pulled the lowest trick in the book. He's exploited our niceness. He did. I, he made me feel yeah. very bad when he sent me that email. I felt very guilty that I'd not read out his other emails, even though he's in on the joke. And yes. it's, and I think it's a very funny joke. Yeah, yeah. That that is manipulation at its <laughs> finest. He's broken you, Blakeham. I do not recognise that email. That, and you know, it is, it if, is if I had seen, from the record, if I had seen it, I'm very happy for you. Congratulations, but I didn't, and you're still a piece of crap. Uh, anyway, let's crack on into the show itself. We have got some uh, very big emails uh, to get into in the outro portion of the podcast regarding. Tomorrow's NXT. Ooh. So we'll get into those. Tasty. We'll get into those very shortly. But for now, we're going to be talking about Shane McMahon and whether or not he is going to be leaving the WWE. Here is the show. So what happened? We had Shinsuke Nakamura versus Ali. And it didn't get started. It was just like an ambush on Ali. Sami Zayn held his leg and Kinshasa, right? Mm-hmm. 
So then you've got Sami Zayn in the ring, and then the camera cuts to the crowd, and there's Kevin Owens walking through the audience. Everyone's like going, woo, yay, Kevin Owens is here. Of course, he was fired last week. I'm just thinking, oh my God, Sami and Kevin Owens are going to get together. I was waiting for Sami to say something. And then it, he didn't. He just Kevin just sat in his seat like they'd never met each other before. Yeah, it was so weird. Like that was the first thing wrong with this. That's right. Uh, although I think we both enjoyed the episode overall. I thought it was a very, very mm. good episode of SmackDown. Well, we're, we're unfortunately starting off with a whole load of nitpicks because this Kevin Owens storyline, uh, what probably reached its its crappy climax last week and how bad it's gotten. But this is just a, a fart of a follow-up. Yeah, this the lead-up to SummerSlam wasn't particularly brilliant. And then I think we all enjoyed the SummerSlam match. Oh, I yeah. was very sports entertained by the SummerSlam match. But then it has just fallen down further and further and further as this has gone on. We've gone through a whole pay-per-view cycle. We're past that pay-per-view cycle. And it just appears to be getting worse and worse as each passing with each passing week. Yeah, so Kevin Owens is shown in the crowd. And then it cuts backstage to Shane McMahon. He's watching the TV screen of Kevin Owens arriving. Which, you know, again, poses questions about what is on what screen. Because if he's watching SmackDown... Mm-hmm. Shouldn't he be watching himself in a form of <laughs> infinite regressive screens? Yeah, that that's very true, yeah. But he's not. He's watching. So he's just he just has a, a TV with a feed of the, the crap. I feel like we're, we're, we're going to fall into a I'm, rabbit I'm hole. I'm nitpicking too much. Yes. I'm going to bring it back. Because let's celebrate the brilliance of Nicholas's dad walking in and saying like, Shane, there is someone here to see you. And Kevin Owens is here. Yeah. Which really made me laugh because then Shane was like, I can see that. Hmm. I thought it was actually a very nice bit of uh, uh, some nice comedy between the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, I would give. I need to give a positive. Someone comes in and serves Shane with legal papers. He got served last week, and not in the fun dance-off variety. No. Last week we fantasy no we nightmare books that where they would take oh that's the new series yeah (laughs) how they can screw this up nightmare booking the fiend (laughs) we said where they could take this whole kevin owens shane mcmahon thing the most wwe thing to do would be to have kevin owens someone who just about five weeks ago was this super hot stone cold style baby face fighting against the boss not caring shoot promos he was just a beer swig away from going full-on attitude era, really. 100%. And a chair shot to the head, maybe, mm-hmm. of someone. Yeah. And standing tall at the end of every show with your music playing, regardless of what else happened. And a, a lady in their underwear. And we said the worst thing they could possibly do is take that McMahon route of make this all about the legal proceedings. So what happened in this segment? They made it all about the legal proceedings. <laughs> yeah, so Shane comes out and he's got security with him. Owens is falling asleep in his chair. But Shane instantly just invites him down to the ring and says, we're not going to get into a scuffle. The security can get themselves out of the ring. And then he says, you have given me the largest wrongful termination lawsuit. It is worth $25 million. The case is weak. I've got amazing lawyers. blah de blah blah And I was like, this is Really boring. Mm. I couldn't care less about this. So I think, that, and this is this has been symptomatic of a lot of McMahon things. The McMahons are a very, very sheltered family who live in a bubble, and their their entire life, especially Shane McMahon and Stephanie McMahon, I imagine, 
has been based around this very corporate lifestyle. Vince works 20-hour days, resents the fact he has to sleep, and everything is lawyers, business, business practices, all of that. Let's not forget that uh, on the SmackDown after 9-11, when she, uh, Stephanie was asked on her feelings on 9-11, she compared it to the government going after Vince McMahon and the steroid trial. Yeah, so that's like... That's the, that's the bubble. Yeah, and it's a very elite bubble that 0.00000001 of the world relate to, really. Yeah. Uh, and that they, they, they've got this habit of, of going down the legal route as if it's something that the general wrestling audience care about, especially if they're trying to make a show for kids, like they sometimes say. What kid is going to be interested in a wrongful termination lawsuit and the intricacies of how it's worded and brought to the 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 plaintiff? I don't know. Yeah. And you could you like they've done this in the past. Sometimes it works. I quite enjoyed the vote of no confidence against Triple H. The fact that they say COO or commissioner, general manager. It's just like there's so much business nonsense when really it should just be about I'm a wrestler. I don't like you, or I'm a wrestler, you've got the title. That's really it. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a wrestler, you're, I've, you've got my mum and she's on a pole. That's, that's it. Yeah. Those are the three classic structures <laughs> to a wrestling feud. And here they've made it, yeah, they've made it about an H. What? Look, what can be more boring than HR? <laughs> that's what this is. And listen, I'm a huge fan of Law & Order. I love me some Law and Order. Dun, dun. And I particularly enjoy Law and Order when it gets to the law aspect of it. Because I'm watching a cop show. I'm watching Law and Order. But I don't want to tune into my wrestling show thinking, God, I hope this is like Law and Order this week. Because I don't really want it to be like Law and Order. I want to watch Law and Order for that. I want to watch my wrestling show for my wrestling. And it's just, it's been week after week after week of just chipping away at Owen's popularity. There was a moment earlier in the show. It, it was after Brock Lesnar came back. That was big. That was big. And they showed a recap of Owen's getting fired from last week. And I thought, God, that feels so unimportant. Mm. Like, in on this show, he's now, Kevin Owens has taken the Kofi Kingston spot of being the third most important thing on this show. And even then, I think it almost feels like lower than that. I, I, honestly, it's probably the most boring story in WWE. Well, now that Fire and Desire versus Ember Moon is done and dusted, <laughs> this is now the new boring story in WWE. Even, at least with Lacey Evans and Natalia, Lacey did Natty's move. And the, matches are, and the matches are quite good. There's a modicum of interest there. But this is a storyline that's just been booked out of order. Kevin Owens won. He's already beaten him. And so someone messaged me last week calling us idiots because... God, the storyline makes so much sense. And because we said, I, I said in my review that I thought the fine stuff had been sorted out because Owens apologized to Shane McMahon. But the guy said to me, it was like, no, no, no. Shane said he would only consider removing the fine if Owens apologized. So I was like, that's actually worse. That means Owens believed him, then fell for it, and then agreed to help him again the following week. That's way worse. And it's just getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah, after SummerSlam, after that match, Owens looked like a legit badass. And I couldn't wait for the next thing he was going to do. And then systematically over the following weeks, they've made him more and more lame. Stone Cold would never have done any of this. And you've got to a point where you've got a wrestler who has... Like, I want to see, you know, fulfil the fantasy of beating up the boss. That's what this is all about, really. 
And but Kevin Owens isn't beating up the boss. He's not badass. He's going the legal route. And he's complaining because you're taking money away from me. So let's and you know, he brought up the whole hundred thousand dollar fine about his family. This is my life's work. You tried to take it away from me. Like Kevin Owens, you're you're a great promo. You're saying this with loads of passion. I don't care. This is how badly you've been booked. I yesterday I'm, you said what re- like there was a question, a super chat. What wrestler would you always be into no matter how bad their booking got? I said Kevin Owens. And I'm still into Kevin Owens as a person. Love him. But this is... It can't get much worse. Yeah, I'm going to hit you where it hurts the most, Shane. Your wallet. I've got a legitimate case. It's not just about the money. And then he said, there's a clause in this contract where if I win... I'm going to guess the court case. If he wins the court case, he gets to fire Shane McMahon in the ring. I don't know if that's going to hold up in court. I don't know how you could win a court case for long, wrongful termination and then get to terminate your boss it's by winning all, that court case. Yeah. The $25 million is quite enough probably there. <laughs> I, I just... Why... This does not have to be about the, the legal procedure. It could be like, you know, someone above Shane. I, I, I don't want to get into more authority figures, but just have Owens come back and say... Offend, like say you're you're not a you're not a real man. Goad him into accepting a match, and then you trick him. You make Shane look stupid and say, "Ah, you've signed that now, and if you lose, you're you're gone. You're around the line, yeah, yeah." And like, just do it that way. And I'm actually like, okay, Kevin Owens was smarter. He he made Shane McMahon look stupid, which is one of the huge problems with Shane's character. Vince was made to look stupid. Twice a show, really, back in the Attitude Era. Shane is always obnoxiously tall and standing over everyone else. So, yeah, the, the one benefit of this is that it seems to be going towards Shane leaving, which is where I think they're going. They, they could have gone this route at SummerSlam. I thought Shane was going to put his career on the line as well, but it was only Owens. And now you've got the reverse of that, where it's only Shane's career seemingly on the line. Although I don't know how you get a match out of this, because currently... Are we just going to cut from Helena Cell to a courtroom, <laughs> and then they do opening statements? Chong chong, like yeah. that's how we transition into each part of this. It's, I mean, I've kind of said from probably since WrestleMania, I felt that we were building to Shane. I thought it was going to be Shane versus Roman at Survivor Series, Team Shane versus Team Roman with Shane's career on the line. And then it moved into Kevin Owens. I was like, okay, cool. So it's Team Owens versus Team Shane with Shane's career on the line. It still feels like that's the direction we're heading in. At least I hope so. I don't want this to end in a court case. And then Owens just says, and now you're gone. At least end this wrestling storyline with a wrestling match. I, I want this to be wrapped up like before this even moves to Fox. <laughs> I hope Owens gets to say next week, or the week after, whatever it is, well, maybe. you're fired. And then the Fox show is just a new start. I was going to say, maybe you do all the court case stuff next week, because the court case system moves very quickly. Um, I mean, look, the CM Punk... Famously. The CM Punk uh, Dr. Roman trial wrapped up like that, like so, so quickly. Yeah. You do all of the court case stuff next week, and then Owens wins and announces, I'm going to fire Shane McMahon on the first episode of SmackDown on Fox. Use that as a bit of a ratings draw. Yeah, that's nice. But yeah, well, hopefully, as bad as this storyline is, hopefully it will see the end of Shane. I don't see Shane getting good. This isn't a Baron Corbin scenario, where if you put Shane in the mid-card 
card slot, he's suddenly going to become a better wrestler and a better promo. He's not a good promo. He's a terrible wrestler. I don't like seeing him throwing himself around so much anymore and doing these death-defying stunts. I just, he's got go-away heat, and he has done for a while for me. Yeah, this heel turn did not do him any favours, but the, his babyface run wasn't much better towards the end. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. But thank you to our wonderful Pledgehammers on Patreon of $25 a month or more who are going to get a cheap pop right now. Thank you, Arnie K. The K stands for the coolest dude ever. He is cool. He is cool. JJ, not the jet plane. (laughs) Don't know when I'll be back again. Alex the Rogus Johnson. Rojas. Rojas. Alex the Rojas Johnson. Marcus. He's got Sol Campbell. Sol Campbell. It's football Campbell. He's got Sol. He's not a soldier. Tyler Sand. Bow. Selector. Yes. Don't have a Shane Cowley, man. Early Simpsons jokes. Ooh. Roman Maleva. Whoa. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Titan, Owen Towers. Yes. The real boss, Matt Robinson. Hey, yeah. cool. Oh, here he is. I'm going to clap like this. Uh, just incredible, Edel Heat. Nice. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Cho, Cho, Cho Ninja. Yes. Salutations, Josh Salome. Woohoo, uh. yeah. 
the jester Ryan Kester. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of, Bailey Sting fan number two. Whoa. Ooh, yes. And finally, Joseph up the chrysante. Up the chrysante. Up the chrysante. Uh, our first question comes in from uh, Joseph Gonzalez, who says, Law and Order, WWE. Mm. That could be the next pay-per-view. Or a tag team. <laughs> Law and Order. We sort of had that with the fashion police, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Uh, Rex Joseph Calmerin says, Shane versus Owen, lawsuit on a pole match. Yeah, I mean, it's quite similar to a contract, isn't it? So, yeah, I guess so. They could, or just a ladder match. Shane, Kevin yeah. well, Owens on a ladder. And Shane should be used to that. That's what they were doing with the Austin storyline back in 99 mm. when they were sort of firing Austin, but Linda McMahon made him the COO or the CEO of the company. And they had a couple of good weeks of him being the CEO of the company, putting horse manure into Vince's office. Legit yeah. Vince's office as well, because it's the one from Beyond the Mat. <laughs> so he, he, he definitely did. And that led to the ladder match at King of the Ring, where the fate of the company was on the line. It was Austin versus the McMahons and a handicap ladder match. So Shane... You know, he's used to this sort of There's thing. There's precedent. There's precedent. Legal precedent. Uh, Will Hates comes in uh, to uh, drop his um, weekly airplane reference, saying, <laughs> Shane McMahon leaving WWE. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop to quit sniffing glue. <laughs> Very good. Keep those coming. Uh, Edel Chambers says, RKO and Sammy being buried because of the Saudi no-shows. No, was, because they're not they, being buried. Yeah, like they were featured. getting a big push after that. It's, it's a weird delayed burial. If it happens four months after the fact, I don't know. I don't, and they're both signed uh, for a long time, it, it feels. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Um, Timothy Beatty says, uh, my six-year-old loved the Owens-McMahon segments. Really? Hmm. Started to look up employer laws rights right after it. Then asked me, are they going to show the court procedures on pay-per-view? One can only hope they do. <laughs> so it's a, it's a joke comment. Yes. That's good. I was I was actually quite worried. Are like, kids into it? I mean, I'm not I'm not a six year old anymore. Maybe that's what the kids are into these days. Kids are into iPhones and court cases. Yeah, it's changed. Like yeah, the iPhones, smartphones. It's changed kids. Changed everything. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, for now, Trenton Brown says Becky, Kofi, and now Owens. Moral of the story: WWE can't book an organically over babyface to save their lives. No. So we have got one other one as well from uh, Mr. A or M.A. Campbell, rather. Will this lead to Team Shane versus Team Owens? I'm assuming it's Survivor Series. That's where I thought it was heading. I don't think so. I, I don't. But I'm hoping happening. it wraps up before then. Yeah. It, it seems I've always thought Survivor Series felt like a logical conclusion to this, like a, a logical place to end this. Mm -hmm. But it appears that SmackDown in particular are not building to Hell in a Cell. They're building to the Fox debut. Like, oh, yeah. that, that's their pay-per-view. To be fair, that's the right move, though. That I, is, I wasn't that saying it's yeah. a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, while Raw is like, we're setting up all these matches for Hell in a Cell, SmackDown's like, we'll, we'll get there eventually. But first, we've really got to build this show. Dig, dig, dig it, dig, dig it the first bit well initially I was like huh I thought this feud was over it was Kofi Kingston and well it was the new day with a very happy Biggie and Xavier Woods yep despite losing their tag titles two, two nights prior which I don't so much mind 
because they are about the power of positivity, but I would like them to be a little bit more serious sometimes. Yeah, I was going to say, they did not seem that upset that they lost their titles no. at all. And then they were going up against Randy Orton and The Revival. Legacy 2.0. And a six-man tag. Yeah, Legacy 2.0. And I was like, oh, it's a shameless feud still going on. Nobody wants to see Kofi versus Orton anymore. Those matches are so boring. And the, the, the standard six-man tag, it was actually, you know... Always quite good six-man tags in WWE with these people. To say I disagree, I thought this was really good. I yeah. very much enjoyed this because it was given time. It went like 25 minutes or so. It took it turned through two commercial breaks, mm. including one of the shrink screen ones. I think in total it went about 25 minutes. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, I figured Vince McMahon had um, thrown out the script again. And yeah. Fill for 20, 12, 25 minutes, will you? That, it, it, so Xavier was worked over the, for the majority. Kofi got a hot tag. Everything goes crazy. Six-man schmoz. There was a really nice reversal from Orton. Kofi was going to do a dive on everyone outside. But Orton kind of caught him in a headlock, swung him round, and got a Into draping the DDT. DDT. It was really nice. It was smooth as well. Yeah. Like That's a very clunky thing, but it, it worked very well. Yeah. Anyway, the New Day countered the Shatter Machine RKO combo. Kofi hits the Trouble in Paradise on Dash. Wilder for the win. That was Dawson. Dawson. God, I keep on getting those two confused. <laughs> and then... Go back to NXT uh, TakeOver London. Are you Dawson? Are you Dawson? Are you Dawson? Are you Dash? Are you Dash? <laughs> Brock Lesnar's music hits. Yeah. A genuine, awesome surprise. He walks out. He's got a butt fluff beard. This isn't full MMA Brock beard. No. But hopefully that's where we're going. I've written, Lesnar is here. We must be going to Fox or something. Yeah. Paul Heyman's there as well. And it's just like, yes, I was so into this. And it was half, yes, Brock on SmackDown. This feels so fresh for someone who's been very stale this year. And also half... Yes, it's not Orton and Kofi again. <laughs> yeah. The relief was profound. Yeah, I felt like that six-man kind of put a pin in that Orton-Kofi feud. So, like, that is now over. Mm. And the New Day beat the Revival and Orton. We can probably say the team RKO Revival are probably not going to be anymore, despite the fact <laughs> Revival just got those fancy new jackets and new trunks. But anyway, Lesnar came down with Heyman and... Heyman said that Lesnar is the man who will stand in the way of Kofi's long reign. It's going to be a bad day for the New Day. Yes, it is. Lesnar challenged Kofi to the WWE Championship, not at Hell in a Cell, but for the first episode on Fox in a couple of weeks. Genius move. Loved it. This was the, this was the first thing. You know, they've announced there's going to be all these legends on the SmackDown Don't show. Don't care about that. And we've had that three times already, it feels, over yeah, this the last year. year. Alone. <laughs> This was huge. Yeah. This is massive. Like, that is... I mean, I, I'm sure we're all thinking that's a title change. Lesnar's going to become the champion. Or that's or what Biggie heel turn. Obviously. Well, that, and that's what I was thinking. And I, I say this in the review, that one of my favorite things about this is that probably for the first time... In fact, I'm going to say, for the first time since WrestleMania, Kofi's title reign feels in jeopardy. And it has not felt in jeopardy during the Dolph feud, the Owens feud, the Randy feud. I never once, I never once thought Randy's going to win the title. But I look at this, I'm like, Brock could win. And I could see them putting the belt on Brock 
going on to Fox with their more sports based. Totally. And you do it's the big star. You do the big title switch on SmackDown on the first episode, get people talking about it. I think it's definitely something they could do. Or do they swerve us all and have Kofi beat Lesnar and make that a really big deal? And that really put Kofi over, which would be massive. But this no. is the first time since he's won the title where I thought he could lose this. Yeah, it's not just the there's first time. Yeah, not just the first time there's been a threat to his title, like a credible threat. The first time it's been an actual main event feud. Dolph Ziggler, Kevin Owens. It's all mid card stuff. Yeah, even Randy Orton. Like that's only because it got pushed down below Owens and Shane yeah, and, never and Roman. Like the most important thing, but Brock Lesnar and Kofi Kingston. That's huge, and I, I think that it's quite hundred percent. Brock's taking that title. Yeah. Uh, he, he grabs Kobe, like he goes to shake Kobe's hand, and and this is one of the reasons why I love Brock. Quick as a flash, pulls him into an F five mm. and just hits it, and it was absolutely wicked. It was really really cool. I am really excited to see that match. I'm so more excited to see Brock versus Kofi than I ever was for Seth versus Brock. Yes, yeah, feels completely rejuvenated because Brock was just stuck in all those Shield matches forever. Yeah, and then if the Fiend wins the title at Hell in a Cell. We could be setting up the Fiend versus Brock Lesnar for Survivor Series. Wow! Otherwise, we're setting up Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins for the third time this year. Oh no! This is uh, that will be Brock's first match on SmackDown in over fifteen years. Yeah, since he beat Hardcore Holly yeah. in two thousand four. It's an absolutely fantastic idea. Great draw for the first show. WWE are bringing back everyone. Harper, mm-hmm. Sasha Banks a couple of weeks ago, AOP got that video package, yep. Rusev, it's like all hands on deck because it's ha- like we're going to Fox, NXT's going live, October's two weeks away. Yeah. It really feels like that. Apparently the Lesnar return has been planned for quite some time. And Dave Meltzer, best wrestling journalist in the world, one of the best sports journalists in the world. I think we're all past, well, we certainly are past the idea of calling him not very good because he very clearly is good yeah unless you're eric bischoff however you are only as good as your sources and either dave Meltzer's sources have been intentionally feeding him wrong information or they those sources have been fed wrong information themselves because wwe have figured out who they are this is the second clangor that Meltzer's dropped because yep. I think it was Friday and someone asked about a Luke Harper return and he went, no way. It was in the Observer on Thursday yeah. that Harper's, yeah, Vince is done with him. And then again, I, it was just like, do you think Lesnar will come back for the first show on uh, on Fox? He was like, no way, not for a long time, like not for a couple of months yet. And then these two things came to pass. So it'd just yeah. be interesting to see how Meltzer does well, going forward. So Sean Ross Sapp, uh, reported that he has had text messages from people in WWE who have said that they have been purposefully feeding wrong information to certain journalists. It's the whole Brad Shepard thing. Like, Brad Shepard was purposefully outed by people within WWE as a fraud because they want, because he was making up a lot of reports that were damaging people's relationships backstage. And so they wanted to essentially show the world, oh, by the way, he is a, he's a div. Mm. So they fed him, they had all of his sources that he had, fed him a load of duff information. He then reported it because he doesn't fact check things and then came out looking like a goon. And so WWE stars could be like, what a goon, he's a goon, these are goon, don't trust him. 
And I feel that they've been doing the same with Meltzer, and they did the same with um, your man from Sport. Uh, Justin Barrasso. Justin Barrasso. Yeah. Like all the WrestleMania stuff last year, was it? When he was Cena yeah. versus Ray was definitely going to be the match. He was just fed a load of bum information by WWE sources so that they could say, oh, you're not a credible source anymore. Mm. Until they want them to be. And it makes sense now. Like, like you're, you're approaching one of the biggest times in the wrestling industry for the last two decades, arguably. So you want to run a tight ship. So I, I think it'll be very interesting to see the wrestling news media world, yeah. which we're really commentators on. We're not, you know, we're, we're taking other people's news yeah, stories we're not and, part of it. and commenting on them. To see, it's very fascinating to me to see how that will work going forward because WWE might just go, and I imagine AEW will go as yep. well, just so they, so you get these surprises. Brock Lesnar, I didn't see that reported anywhere. No. That was, and even like stuff that apparently only two people know in the company somehow still gets out on the day of the show. Yeah. So yeah, they, they must be going for actual surprises rather than they're sick of all these leaks. Well, I, I think that's very much it. It's the case, I mean, Meltzer has fallen victim to this before where they have been feeding uh, Bruce Bridges talked about this on his podcast before we said we stopped we started feeding people wrong information to see what would end up in the dirt sheets mm. because they're, they're all they're subscribers to it there is a WWE subscription to the Wrestling Observer so they would read the sheets see what got reported and be like okay well I know now who's leaking stuff to Meltzer exactly so now they're doing this to sort of like flush those people out the difference is the Meltzer will just go like okay well I just don't won't trust that source ever again that source is now done but I'll just use different sources over here, or I'll find different sources over here. So there's really on there, it's a Melton now to try and find a way around this, or Sean Ross Sapp's going to have to find a way around this. I think like him, uh, Melzer, Mike Johnson, Mike Johnson and Peter Insider, they've all got to now sort of like find these John sources Pollock. that they, John Pollock's yeah. another one that they can definitely trust within the industry. Mm. It's a very, very interesting time, but actually I think it's a smart business move. A really, really smart business move. It's crazy that, WWE is so leaky as it is. Yeah. I mean, I, but I, mean, I, don't, it's not, I don't think they've cared. They've not th cared. They haven't yeah. had the competition for 20 odd years. So I don't think they've really cared that much. Mm. So fascinating time, not just for the on air wrestling products, not just backstage in the companies, but even more niche, the, the few very good wrestling reporters out there as well. And then for us. Yeah. Uh, so after that, we got a Sasha Banks and Bailey promo. Sasha said, that she's been in a Hell in a Cell match before. Becky hasn't. Mm -hmm. So I imagine that's going to be a huge part of this feud going forward. Uh, and hopefully Sasha can win. Yeah. Um, and, but, yeah, it was like a good boss promo. Yes. She, she gets better every week. Bailey, still, you know, she was never a great babyface promo. And sometimes you switch heel and it's okay. She's just the same level of quality as a heel. Promo. Well, this is why I said when they, she did her first promo after the heel turn, and I was like, I didn't buy into the character that she was selling. And I think that's why. It's, mm. just, it's the strength of her promos. It's never been her strong suit. No. And thankfully, thankfully, WWE have got an excellent video editing department to then convey that character better. I tell you who has got great interview skills. Oh, man. What a, what a career change for this guy. Because... He's never had decent promos. But He's never had the chance, to be fair. It's all, all been very heavily scripted for him. Up is down. <laughs> but since these last few weeks, Eric Rowan has really come into his own. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so he got a sit-down interview taped earlier in the day with Michael Cole here. They were weirdly staged. It looked like they were sitting very close to each other. It made me laugh. Uh, but R Rowan, Cole tried to ask about Rowan. Sorry, Harper. But Rowan was like, no. This is about me. It's very much an ego-driven character now. I'm the mastermind. I keep being overlooked. I'm a genius. 
and Cole, yeah, Cole accuses Rowan of manslaughter attempts. Yeah, yeah, he's like, you're trying to kill the man. And Rowan's like, no, I just tried to make him scared. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, like, that part of the story definitely wasn't written with this in mind. Oh, no. So they're trying, to, they're trying to do their best with it's it. It's a story that has changed week to week to week. Um, I did like Rowan uh, dropping in some Goodfellas lines. Oh, did he? He did, yeah. He's just like, what, am I a clown to you? Am I here to make uh, you laugh? Yeah. Ever since I was a little boy. <laughs> I wanted to be a bludgeon brother. Uh, yeah. Uh, and he says he's not a follower. He's a leader. He's far superior intellectually to Brian. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this is a very good promo. Again, like I said, the the real appeal for me, for Rowan's character, is that he keeps on saying, I'm really smart. I'm really intelligent. I'm much more intelligent than you guys. Like, if anyone says that, they're not smart. They're very insecure about how they come off. Yeah. But he's also a giant psychotic big man. And that's a very dangerous mix. I really like Rowan's character. I cannot believe <laughs> in, like, where we started in 2019, before the partnership with Brian, and, and now here. I'm, yeah. It's great. Just, just shows you how many gems there are in WWE that just aren't being fully utilized. Speaking of gems that aren't being fully utilized, you know what the dark match for this show was? The pre-show dark match. Oh, Buddy Murphy versus Ali in a proper match? No, it was, uh, you were close there. Alistair Black. Buddy Murphy versus Alistair Black. We had a report, I got an email from someone this morning who said like, yeah, surprisingly, it was really, really good. But that was the dark match to hype the crowd up. Honestly. (laughs) Uh, After that, we got Ali versus Shinsuke Nakamura. You're like, ooh, Ali uh, beat Nakamura a couple of weeks ago. They were going to have an intercontinental title feud until they decided to completely change direction and go with Sami Zayn and The Miz. And they're not going to pick it up back here either. I think they're picking this back up. I think we've restarted this feud. And you say it was a couple of weeks ago. It was in July. Yeah. Yeah, when Ali pins... Shinsuke Nakamura because I was surprised well I went back it was and ahead checked. of SummerSlam wasn't yeah. it so it was, yeah, it was in I ju- thought it was like the week before SummerSlam yeah. wow it was in July was when they did that match and started this feud but then sort of dropped it and then picked it back up again and then dropped it again um, because Shinsuke Nakamura didn't do anything at SummerSlam and only was at Night mm. of Champions because he had to defend his title there um and then they've paired it with Sami Zayn. But yeah, this was like, so Sami like brought Nakamura out uh, and then they brought up that Nak- Ali beat him months ago um, and said that they're a team now so it won't happen again and they beat Ali up. For me, this was setting this program up, Ali versus Nakamura over the title. Mm. We'll just dust it off this feud and we'll, we'll, we'll try it again for the third time. I hope you're right. I, I got the sense of we're still building Nakamura and Sami. Uh, the Miz is probably going to get another match. Get out. Get hey, out. Worst mate. case scenario. Nightmare booking. And <laughs> this was to give Nakamura a, an easy sort of win to look big. No. It was a squash match without an actual squash. No. Because the, the match never got started. It was just a beatdown. The Miz to me felt like it was a... That was a one-cycle feud to give Nakamura a win with him and Sammy as a partnership. I hope so. I hope so. They can't dump Ali and put the Miz back into this position. Just, I'm just warning you that next week <laughs> the Miz might come out and say, "How dare you do that to Ali? I'm gonna break the the record for Intercontinental Title reigns at Hell in a Cell." <sighs> do you know what? It's, it's funny. <gasps> Oh, because if it's in Hell in a Cell, Sammy can't get involved. They can't have multiple... The Miz versus Shinsuke Nakamura doesn't scream to me, God, better put that inside of Hell in a Cell. But it's such a long feud. <laughs> such a long feud. It was um, 
uh, Erica Duran, one of our pledge hammers, she commented on yesterday's video that really made me laugh. We were just like, when we were talking about the fiend, I was like, "There's no way that WWE can screw this up." It's like famous last words. Oh my god, jump cut. Well, the amount of people who were messaging, messaging uh, the pair of us yesterday being like, there are so many ways out of this. You can do no contest. You can have The Undertaker show up and cause the DQ, bearing in mind it's inside Hell in a Cell. Or Undertaker shows up, chokes him, and so Seth can pin him. And I'm like, these are all terrible ideas. <laughs> the only idea that works is The Fiend wins. Yeah. Uh, so then we got the Kevin Owens thing walking out. No interaction with Sammy. Uh, and after that, we got the same AOP video package from Raw, mm -hmm. and then a little bit about the draft. But we also had uh, Charlotte Flair getting ready for her match when Ric Flair walked in. Mm. It almost And it felt sort of apropos because it just came off the back of a segment about suing. Yes, that's very a very good point. Of course, there's been some backstage issues with... With Ric Flair, so what was it about? I believe the use of the man. Yeah, the man. I think he was trying to trademark the term "the man." Yeah, which understandably, WWE weren't too happy with because that's kind of Becky Lynch's thing right now. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, someone called Offset introduced Charlotte. Ric yep. Flair was. I thought Rick was going to come out. Yeah, I thought not so around too. at all. But it said, we, it said we had this chap called Offset. He didn't really do much. He just said Charlotte Flair's name quite blandly and then left. He had a fancy robe on. I think it was a Charlotte Flair robe. Yeah. Well, they gave it that a little hug. Because I'm pretty sure it had Nature Boy on the back. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, in which case, it was I a might be wrong. Robe. By the way, they had a little hug. She is 100% a baby face now. Yeah. And then Bailey and Sasha come out. Sasha's going to have uh, a match. The commentary was just mind-numbingly annoying on this because they didn't talk about the actual match. They talked about Sasha and Charlotte's historic feud and all the WWE milestones that have happened. Buzzword, buzzword, buzzword. Nothing of substance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, they recapped Flair attacking Bailey on Raw but cut out all the tiny steps that she took. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the, oh, the, Charlotte dominated this match. Sasha hardly got anything in. I would say 90% of this match went to Charlotte. Which was a repeat of what they did at um, Night of Champions. Yeah. Clash of Champions, sorry. Uh, and yet, Charlotte's wrestling as such a baby face. Charlotte had both Bailey and Sasha beat, really, because that they were both interfering and getting involved. But Bailey broke up the figure eight, I think it was. Or was it she didn't four? quite break it into the figure eight, but she was it got her in the figure four, and then Bailey jumped in for the DQ. Don't want to pin or beat Sasha as you're going for the title. Don't want to beat Flair because she's Flair. So yeah, they just did the DQ finish. Yeah, and and they both start beating down Charlotte. So Carmella runs down for the save. I was getting ready to write down Control-C, Control-V from the Monday Night Raw angle, but it's just with Becky making the save this time, and I was like, that's very typical WWE. But no, instead, they Control-C, Control-V Charlotte and brought Carmella out instead. And yeah, the tall, hot blondes beat up the non-blondes and stood tall. I think WWE are going to slowly replace all the horsewomen with blonde women. <laughs> and they're, they're going to think we don't notice. <laughs> In a couple of weeks' time, it won't be Bailey. It'll be Liv Morgan. <laughs> After that, it'll be Lacey Evans. It won't be Sasha. But yeah, so I thought it was Liv Morgan when Carmella yeah, ran Yeah, I down. thought as well. I was, I was like, like, oh, yeah, cool. Carmella, uh, Carmella, Liv Morgan was teasing her return a couple of weeks ago in a storyline that I think has been dropped. Mm -hmm. or, you know, It's not been mentioned for a while. But yeah, Carmella did some like wrestling stuff. She was in wrestling gear. She wasn't just there to be truth seconds. All hands on deck. I think that means, again, for the draft, want to make Carmella an active wrestler rather than just a... Hasn't she been slightly injured as well? Has she? I, I, yeah, might be misremembering that. Okay. But that, I thought that was one of the other reasons she wasn't in ring. Okay, I so don't know. that's remember. good that she's cleared, yeah, but yeah. 
I'd, I've got no interest seeing her in this storyline. I think the four horsewomen are having enough fun by themselves. Well, that's it. The storyline's been built around these four horsewomen. It's just that we don't need a fifth wheel. And I'm, I'm usually I'm all for making, you know, like how the OC just appeared to randomly attack Seth. I love it when wrestlers cross over feuds and it makes it feel like a large, vibrant, interconnected world in WWE. But you do need to foreshadow stuff. Yeah. You just can't have Carmella run down after months and months of being in the 24-7 title skits and then go on commentary, oh yeah, because Carmella and Bailey are friends and Carmella came down to defuse the situation because she doesn't know what's happening to Bailey. I'm like, you can't just do this in a line <laughs> in commentary. No. Why can't you just set that up? And All it needs is a 30-second skit backstage earlier. Yeah. Have... Have Carmella walk into that interview that Banks and Bailey did. At least do something to set it up. Ideally, months worth. But not like, this was, it was poor. Like, why, did, why wasn't it Ember Moon? Well, I mean, Ember would have actually made sense. But she's not blonde. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm getting more down on the Four Horsewomen stuff every week, apparently. Which is a real shame, because there's so much potential there. I just I feel that they're booking Bailey weaker and weaker as, as each week goes by. But now, as we were talking about this earlier in the day, um, yeah, Sasha's almost falling victim to that as well. She's falling into the Charlotte Flair vortex. But all is well. Oh! Because... Move aside, King Chopper Whopper. <laughs> because we have a new king in town. King Baron Corbin came out for his coronation street and he put his cape on and he got the crown. He put the crown on and he said, I'm going to rule this place with an iron fist. And he brought out Chad Gable to make some terrible short jokes that you're always being overlooked. You did one of the tournaments, but you came up short and all of this. And no matter how big you dream, you're always going to come up short. And then Chad put Corbin through the throne. That couldn't have worked better. It like it disintegrated. It was amazing. Like it was proper. Like like you built a bit of IKEA furniture, but didn't put one screw in. And then you sat into it. It all just went dum 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 and just like fell down perfectly. And it just collapsed brilliantly. And then he just started snapping the scepter. Corey grabbed one of the bits of the scepter that had snapped off, and he stood on the crown and he tore up the cape. And Corbin's on the outside yelling at him to stop but he won't get in the ring and mm. fight him. It was great, great heel work from Corbin and actually the best bit of babyface stuff from Gable. This is the best that Gable's <clears throat> looked throughout this entire tournament. What was really amazing for me is, yeah, all that's happened. Corbin's on the outside yelling, amazing heel work because the crowd are just, they're not just so into Gable, they're so against Corbin. That's it. Like, I know you said there's those ironic cool chants for Corbin from the New York crowd. This but really worked as th a heel this thing. Is like, yeah. This is how good Corbin is as a heel, yeah. because he's not getting those. It's all like, he is directing that heat perfectly mm -hmm. towards him negatively and towards his opponent positively. And Chad Gable's the perfect foil, because he has just this naturally empathetic connection with the crowd. I don't know if it's his face or, or whatever it is, but I, I look at the guy and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want you to win. And it also helps that Corbin is way taller than Gable than everyone else. Like Everyone else has been saying, oh, you're short, has been like an inch taller than him. It's like, well, you're basically looking him eye to eye. You're also short, I guess. But Corbin's like a full foot taller than him. So it completely works when he just walks up and sort of towers over. It doesn't look down at him, just looks over him mm. to still cut the promos. So it, visually, it's, it makes it work. But the bit that I just adored and was really quite stunned by, Cor Corbin's on the outside. Gable's in the ring, he's, he's trashed everything, and then there's the crown on the floor, and he just 
very subtle movements. He just looks at the crown on the floor, out the corner of his eye. The whole crowd are like, yes, yes, yes. Because they don't want to see Corbin have it. It's yeah. so good. But it's also like they were into Gable. Yeah, here. it really was. All those yes chants. Like this was this was the most the crowd were into probably anything on the show. And, and, and Gable just, you know, like perfectly subtly just then started stomping on it. I thought they Gable has something. You know, like we talk about it. Like he's got it. Oh, yeah. And even though this character is not the best use of him. Like, Goofy Gable, Kurt Angle is my favourite version of Chad Gable. But that's like, it just shows that his itness can come through in multiple pers- personas. I, I mean, I'd, I'd say this in my review later, but they have got an organic, bona fide baby face on their hands that this crowd can get into if he is booked correctly from this point. However, as that one super chat we had earlier sort of was listing off those baby faces that were like organically over. It's not the best track record for the company. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful on this because I think Gable is so, so good. And Corbin, man, what a turnaround. What an absolute turnaround for him. I love the humble pie. Well, it's not humble pie because I never said he was a bad wrestler. Just overpushed. Uh, then we got a teeny, tiny blink and you miss it plug for NXT. Yeah. Just on commentary. <laughs> NXT's coming tomorrow. <laughs> uh, you don't have to watch it. I mean not very you know yeah it's not main roster stuff it's, it's for marks uh then we got heavy machinery versus the b team which was perfect yeah so otis <laughs> is now just wearing trunks and so his gimmick is now i'm the sexiest wrestler alive and i love it yeah this is the perfect thing someone messaged me today this morning saying like oh why is he wearing trunks like because he looks amazing yeah he looks so much better in these trunks than he does in the singlets. I, I, you think like, how can you make Otis, who's one of the most charismatic people in the company, even more attention grabbing? And they've somehow, I, I, I would say you can't do it. He's already <laughs> so amazing. And they have, they have. It was so good. It was amazing. And he just like, and Tucker's great as well. Tucker's really, really good. And they get like the crowd are really starting to get up for the caterpillar. I could do without Byron Saxon on commentary when it happens, but the crowd are so organically into the caterpillar, and they hit the compactor for the win. That's two weeks now they've had just squash matches. But that, to be honest, this was a whole new wrinkle because it was just him in his pants, and it was brilliant. They're a kind of team, unlike the Viking Raiders, where these squash matches really work. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, boom, run into the revival. Yeah. Down the line. Uh, then we got the main event segment, which was Daniel Bryan coming out to Just sort of... Before we get to that, mm. um, Kofi versus Brock with, like, had an official graphic that came up with the new SmackDown logo. And what I think was a, might be a hint of our first theme song. Well, the theme song for it oh. sounded like it was soundtracked by ACDC. Ooh, from what I heard. Sense. And Pete is nodding, which means, yeah, mm. so it's, it's a new ACDC track. Uh, yeah, so Bryan comes out for the main event. He is huge babyface reaction, of course. Uh, and he says that he never lied to them. He never lied to the crowd. He yeah, sta- it's good or bad. I would never lie to you. Yeah, he stands here exonerated from the attacks. Uh, he treated Rowan as an equal, as a friend. They were the tag team champions. I'm like, again, it's the same with Kevin Owens. I'd, your delivery is brilliant. I don't buy into your friendship with Rowan. I never really yeah. like got, got that from them. I, there was a really nice... Emo- I, th- I thought he added a nice bit of emotionality to this when he said to Rowan, when Rowan's sort of cutting a promo on him, because Rowan comes out and he's just like, you know, yeah. you just made me stand in the back. You never let me talk, this, that, and the other. And Brian sort of cuts him off and said, look, whatever you're going to do it, do to me, just do it, because it cannot be worse than losing you as a friend. And I was like, oh, 
That's a brilliant line. Yeah. That's a real, like, heartbreaking line. I've written down the exact same bit. Really lovely, great delivery. But again, I just... And I, n- I never saw them that way as friends. Like uh, He was just a henchman. Yeah, so that's a shame. He did used to call him his intellectual equal. Mm. So yeah, that, I always call my friends that. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, that's what I call... When my wife says, like, who did you see today? I was like, my intellectual equal, Ollie Davis. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and that, yeah, like, Rowan comes out and they Harper jumps Brian and they just launch into an excellent beatdown. This was terrific. Mm. So they beat up Brian first, then Roman runs down for the save. Roman gets beat up. They start ripping up the mat on the outside of the ring. Loads of security goons come down. They get, what was it, like powerbombed or choked? So uh, so one of them, so they, they powerbombed Roman into the post, uh, like a dual powerbomb type thing. And then one of them got slammed onto the concrete and then Harper slammed one of the other lads onto the lad on the concrete. Brilliant. And then they went round, they beat up Roman some more, lifted up the commentary table, like took it apart, and then double choke slammed um, Brian through that table. And in all of this, Harper attacked Tom Phillips and laid him out. It was so funny. I was like, because I saw this body with really nice shoes on. I thought it was Greg Hamilton at yeah, first. Yeah, just lying at the side of... And I thought, what? When did that happen? So I, I went back and you, you, can, you can kind of miss just, it. Yeah, it's just slightly at the, at the back of frame. And Corey and Byron... Never mention it. Well, they did. They said to each other, "Are you okay?" Which I thought was a really nice moment. Actually, I loved this segment for multiple, multiple reasons. But this was one of those subtle moments because Corey and Byron, I think, jumped over the barricade in towards the fans, uh. but then asked each other, "Like, you okay? Is every, are we all right? Are we still on?" And it always felt like, yeah, they don't like each other, but they also care for each other's safety in this sort of chaotic situation. <laughs> not, they don't care about Todd. Oh well, no. Well, yeah, but who cares about it Todd? Was, so Todd may as well not be there at times. Luke is just kind of like. Trashing the outside area. Harper, that is not yeah, me. yeah, not Luke. Uh, five guys, the restaurant <laughs> shape room, there. and and Harper grabs one of the big commentary chairs, and he's probably just going to throw it down the side, but Phillips hasn't gotten out of the way in time, so Phillips just bumps like he's dead. Oh yeah, when really he just got hit by quite a cushioned chair in the side of the abdomen. <laughs> and like you've got referees running over to the UOKs. I loved it, but yeah. I, Excellent beatdown. Yeah. And that's how it went off air. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah, a really good episode. But I, I'm the Kevin Owens stuff is rubbish, but hopefully it has a light at the end of the tunnel of Shane McMahon leaving. And the Four Horsewomen stuff is, is, is deteriorating very hard. My only other thing I would say if I was to uh, write something in the negative column would be that whenever I see Harper and Rowan... I cannot help but think that Harper should be the leader yeah, and Rowan well. should be the guy following him. Maybe that's just because I've been conditioned to think that's what Rowan is because that's all he's done for the last, you know, however long, six years that yeah, he's been on yeah. the main roster now. So maybe it's just a, as a case of that. But I just think Luke Harper's so good. I don't want to just see Luke Harper in the sort of follower position i want to see them as equals totally. and i think that's actually within rowan's character to treat him as an, as an equal as opposed to mm-hmm. treating him as, a, as, as an insubordinate or a subordinate rather but looking at the positive side of things i thought this was a very very good show really really good show very much enjoyed it we'll start it with the rest of them about uh the shame it man's kevin owens angle 
uh, the Crocobilly says, do you guys think that the better lawsuit would have been an assault lawsuit since Shane fired Kevin before attacking him, making Kevin a civilian before the attack? I think that's even worse, <laughs> just because you, you're a tough guy wrestler uh, and I want to believe in these wrestlers as, as legitimate tough guys, if they're baby faces, that is, and you wouldn't take the... Yeah, I know in real life, taking the legal route is actually the best way to do it. But this is a fantasy land. It's like Iron Man going through the court to get the Mandarin <laughs> as opposed to just going around there and dishing out some good old fashioned justice. Yeah. So now that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, Evanuel Sejo says, um, uh, su- su- super chatting while at work. Can't wait to listen on the way back home. Support Wrestle Talk. Also, what the hell is WWE doing with Kevin Owens? They think it's good. I think they that booking him with Shane. They've got a really meaty HR based storyline. They think they've got Austin McMahon too. Uh, Scotty Too Hotty Ringer says new 2K20 GM mode. Fend off lawsuits slash HR complaints. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, that's you, you have to do a lot of admin as well. There's a whole area where you've got to make sure the payroll's okay. Yeah, yeah. Make sure everyone's expenses. I mean, actually, they don't pay back expenses, no, do they? What we're talking about. Uh, Lester Wink 23 says worst angle: KO Shane feud or the Roman attacker storyline? KO Shane. Yeah, I'd say KO Shane too because like. The the Roman attacker angle, Rowan, they've made like a star out of it. Somehow, like it was nonsense, but no one's actually come off looking bad. In fact, everyone involved is more over. Exception of Buddy Murphy. No, but Buddy Murphy is he, more over than he, when he started. He got two weeks. Yeah. He's been forgot about since, but he, like before that storyline, he was going to get nothing. That's very true. Uh, whereas Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon, like Shane McMahon's been rubbish for a long time and, and Owens has been completely undermined as a baby face cool we got the ones about uh, the Kofi Kingston Brock Lesnar return etc was that uh, crown always there Pete? yeah <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Tim Hunt says, uh, Sadly, I have a funeral to attend on October 5th. I've been asked to do a speech and I already have my first line. Kobe Kingston put up a good fight. <laughs> I see. I was ready to go. Oh, I'm oh, really sorry, sorry Tim. Uh, really sorry to hear that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brock's going to win. Yeah, maybe. Uh, KJ says, For the love of God, please keep Brock and Roman away from each other if they're going to be on the same brand. That feud has been done to death. Prediction, prediction, prediction. Brock wins uh, SmackDown and it builds to uh, Roman Brock at WrestleMania for the WWE Championship. I also made that joke uh, in the news today. Yeah. I don't hate yeah. it though. Like now that I like no, Roman Reigns. You don't? Oh, now that I like mate, Roman Reigns. I'm so over Roman versus Brock. That'll be the, what, third time third they've one. done Roman Brock at WrestleMania. Hey, we and, got, and we got four done... Omega Akada matches. <laughs> they were all good! <laughs> and also a SummerSlam between them two. Um, Moin Carnib says, does this mean Bray versus Brock at Survivor Series? Could Just be. Speculated yeah. earlier. Uh, B says, I really don't want to see Kofi lose. Oh, I don't watch them. <laughs> also, like, Kofi's been a great champion, but I think it's time now. Yeah, no, no, and nothing's been as good as WrestleMania. That's the thing is, I'd, they've not captured that lightning in a bottle that we had from Kofi Mania. Like that February through to April run, Kofi's championship run has never felt like that since he won the belts. But I think that is WWE's fault because they booked him against Dolph Ziggler for four or five months or whatever, but it felt like four or five months. And randomly turning Owens heel again for a couple of weeks, that mm. didn't help. 
and they just booked him as a mid-carder. Danny Trashman DeVito says, Lesnar to SmackDown as he had the SmackDown name thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think he was always going to go to SmackDown. Um, a bunch of letters that I don't know might be Russian. Can't tell. <laughs> um, Brock's F5 to Kofi for the WWE title on SmackDown is like SmackDown Here Comes the Pain Remastered. Nice. That's good. Uh, Lesterwink23 again says, I called Kofi Brock on Fox weeks ago. Thanks, WWE. I, mean, I don't want to brag, but I, I called it um, months and months ago. I called it after Money in the Bank. It's a good idea. <laughs> Timothy Ra- Jones. I mean, the reason I bring that up is because Randy messaged me and said, don't be so humble. You bring <laughs> this, this months ago. Uh, Timothy Jones says, am I the only one who wants to see Kofi beat Brock? Maybe with a little bit of Biggie interference. Kofi comes out a star from the jump and they can build a Kofi-Biggie feud after with Kofi upset with E. I, I, I think uh. if Kofi is going to beat Brock... I'd love. It's got to be clean. It has to be clean. Uh, Dwayne Cooley says, Harper, Rusev, and Lesnar? WWE must have taken notes from Jericho on surprise appearances and hiding returning superstars. I was surprised every time. Mm, yeah. yeah, like we said earlier, all hands on deck for the draft and also they're tightening up that leaky backstage ship. But it, I almost feel that as a sort of a counter to it, the feeding of Duff information is to throw people off the scent. So, like, it's just, it's very, very timely that it was the Thursday newsletter before Clash of Champions that Meltzer reported mm. that Vince is done with Harper. And then on the Friday, Lesnar's not coming back. Like, it's just so timely that he's been fed the information to say they're not coming back so that we all are off the scent for when they do come back. Barely Average Gaming says, with Brock returning, do you guys think it was for a rating bump or will he win and make SmackDown suit suit super boring <laughs> and a little bit of the bubbly? <laughs> it's, it's a ratings bump. Ratings bump and winning the title. So I, th- I think both. I think that Fox probably really wanted Brock to be part of the show. Like it was, It's the same thing with uh, when WWE sold Fox on the idea of you know signing them up. They were like, hey, look, we've got Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey. I haven't got Ronda anymore. But hey, we still got Brock. So I'd imagine them putting Brock front and center for it. Got a couple about Rowan. Uh, Tim Arndt says, I was so elated and yelled so loudly when I saw Rowan's cannibal corpse shirt that I scared <laughs> everyone else in the library. You were watching in the library? No. Oh, what a place to watch wrestling. What a nerd. Um, <laughs> Mayor of Painesville Dan, Dan says, Dan. Hello, guys. I personally thought the coronation segment was great, but the final segment of SmackDown was fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. Eric Rowan is, be honest, way better than you all thought. And, oh, yeah. I, and well, I knew it all along. Well done, Dan. <laughs> I guess you you spotted that talent like like Daniel Bryan spotted the talent. It was an excellent beat, Dan. That was so good. But would it have been as good without Harper? Hmm. Uh, we've got a couple about the women's division. Dina Cisai said, Bailey's character work has been amazing since she turned heel. Oh, I disagree. Yeah, I'm going to disagree on that one. It's been, it's been okay. Like, it's not been bad, but it's... Like, Sasha's hasn't been amazing, but Sasha's is still way better than Bailey's. Mm. Uh, Echo uh, clears up who Offset is. Mm. Um, uh, a lot of the chat were calling us idiots for not knowing who they are, apparently. Um, it's harsh to call us idiots. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, yeah, on that. Everything else, everything, I think, yeah. that's a oh, lot totally. of evidence to call us idiots. So much evidence, but, but not yeah. not on the Offset thing. No. Uh, he says, Offset is a rapper, made a song called Ric Flair Drip, which I did actually know. Ah. He did the Ric Flair song. Uh, Rick, Rick is featured prominently in the video. 
And then he says, you guys should hire an American reference person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mm. that, seems, that seems pressing. Or have the commentary explain that. That would be good. You've got um, to treat your audience like they're morons. WWE they usually do. do. I was going to say, WWE do it for everything else. Uh, we got a whole one about the tank division. Uh, Nazir <laughs> says, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think of the OC recruiting more people? I like the idea of Ziggler and Rude being more than a placeholder and joining the OC. I don't want them part of the no. OC. If you're going to hire anyone, I don't want it to be Rude and Ziggler. Like, did the NWO get better after Hall, Nash, and Hogan? Mm. No. We got also a whole one about King Baron Corbin. Oh. Um, Petty Kruger said, Royalty Rumble, hashtag Corbin versus Chopper for the crown. And King Booker, chucking all the kings. It's all the famous YouTube kings, isn't there? There's no other yeah, wrestling-based kings. Don't yeah, there's any other so, ones. No. no, definitely not. Uh, we got quite a few just about SmackDown in general. Uh, Jobber JJ, Ollie Davis is the number one fan, uh, said, Finally, the Rain storyline is going somewhere rather than week to week. What's Bischoff's role on SmackDown? And will Heyman have a role on SmackDown as well? So, from what I can gather, the Bischoff role was less of a creative bit that Heyman's got on Raw. Um, and Bischoff's role was to be a go-between, but between departments and Fox, and be sort of like a liaison. But he has uh, posted photos of him uh, from like writers' rooms or saying he's in writers' rooms for certain things. So I don't know if he's part of the creative process. Granted, if I was Bischoff, I probably wouldn't take credit for doing a lot of the writing only because as soon as he took over, SmackDown to get really bad. Mm. So maybe just maybe wait till he gets really good and then start taking credit for it. But I don't know. If you check out the news later, there's more about that on this week's episode uh, because uh, Vince wasn't around for SmackDown again and some other people stepped in to run it and Bischoff was one of those people. But he wasn't the only one. Oh, wow. Um, Ethan Aldana said, Hey guys, if I go to SmackDown on Fox, what sign should I bring to get noticed? What sign? Mm. Uh, support Wrestle Talk. Yeah, of course. Always. Uh, Headmaster Jonathan Hedman said was going to ask you uh, if you thought Smackdown was going to get a, th a theme song but it's obviously going to be ACDC it says good time but it's not it's are you ready because it's already a song that exists uh, with that info GFX is there any other song you'd like to see as a theme the beautiful people uh, the, the beautiful, beautiful people Elizabeth Williams just says I really hate the direction WWE is going in just can't uh, brackets general <laughs> I mean I love The Fiend I think Smackdown's got a lot of really good stuff going for it really really good stuff it's just uh, my only my only complaint I've ever had about Smackdown is that it has got such a deep roster that never like just deserves so, way better three hours that's what we need there you go that's the answer <sighs> oh I can't even get through that joke without vomiting <laughs> Scorp18 is elite, says, when SmackDown moves to Fox, do you think they should change everything? Entrance, stage, intro, ring? I yes. think that's a good idea, yeah. I don't think they will, though, actually. They like it to look the same. They like Raw and SmackDown to look the same. The Adnap2 says, at this rate, Leo Rush will return on Fox. <laughs> I didn't think of that. I forgot about Leo yeah. Rush. It was so funny, because Laurie's news yesterday had like all these returns that were coming up. I'd forgotten half of them were even there. Like When you mentioned Bobby Lashley, I was like, oh my, of course, I completely forgot that mm. Bobby Lashley works for the company. Sparks says, whatever happened to championship <laughs> matches being determined through number one contender matches? I'm tired of seeing people like Orton, Lesnar, Owens be handed title matches. Yeah, I think that's... And it's such a, a good piece of meat to base matches around. Like, there's you've got a 
ready-built steak there, but WWE, for whatever reason, don't do them as much as they should do. No. AEW seemed to be very high on that, though. I was actually I was watching the Road to TNT <coughs> uh, AEW video they posted up yesterday, I believe, and they were going through the brackets for the uh, tag team mm. tournament, and every single match I was like, oh, yes, absolutely. Young Bucks Private Party, um, Jurassic Express, I'm like, oh, my God, yes, this is going to be so much fun. Dark so- Order get a bye. Yes, yes, they're not going to wrestle. That's one less match for them. <laughs> R. Jennings says, WWE uploaded the full SmackDown on YouTube. Not in the UK, though. Did they? Well, this episode. Are you Apparently. sure that's the official WWE YouTube channel? It could be a naughty one. Mm. Potentially. Uh, WWE with an accent. Mm. Yeah. Um, Wilson <laughs> Simons <laughs> says, Who do you guys think will be a number one pick in the draft? My pick is Becky or The Fiend. Hmm. Um, I'd say it's Becky or Roman as the 2K20 stars. Uh, speaking of The Fiend, Nate Drops Surname says, uh, Sorry if this is late, I watch Raw late. Does Seth think The Fiend is a T-Rex? He sold it like if he didn't move or look at him, he'd be <laughs> safe. He was frozen in fear. Yeah. I like the sell job. I liked it as well. Uh, and one about NXT, yes, to Josh says, Are we going to see NXT play into Survivor Series matches now that they'll be nationally televised? I don't think so. Maybe they'll... I could see them getting one match on the... Actually, no, what am I talking about? It's the Triple H Expanded Universe. He seems to want to keep it as distinct from everything else as possible. And I've said this before because it feels like we've had this question now for the last three years about will we get NXT involved in Survivor Series. I don't think there will be a way to do it that the fans would like because someone will have to lose and that we won't be happy that nxt has been beaten or quote-unquote buried by the main roster so actually i just think for the for the best best thing for everyone is it just stay separate and now everyone's favorite the miscellaneous uh daniel m says rumble pre-sale within the hour who wins both i'm assuming uh, both rumble okay matches. Uh, well you said the fiends didn't you well that was in my initial if I was doing it, this is what I would do. But uh, yeah, but I think it's now going to get the title, so I don't know. Roman, probably? It's hard to say because we don't know who the champions will be at that time. I think you could see Becky win the, the Rumble again. Yeah. Yeah, Pusher is the two time Rumble winner. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. Christian Baltimore says, Happy National Cheeseburger Day, Chopper Whopper. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Daniel Lee said, How's that CrossFit going, Ollie? Hugs and kisses from Arizona, USA. Haven't done CrossFit in about a year. Because I just, I don't like the way, I don't like how tired it made me. <laughs> I much prefer to do a Nothing. couple of lifts. Like, do one lift and then take three minutes out and then do another one and then you go home. <laughs> that's, that's my ideal workout. Whereas CrossFit is do as many as you possibly can in 45 minutes. John Leslie Harubi says, I honestly gave up on WWE around the second week of the wild card. Have things gotten better enough to go back to watching, or is it Stockholm Syndrome? So much better. Yeah. So much better than those days. That was a dark, Christ. dark time, yeah. Yes. Yeah, give it a go. You might like it. Ryan F. said, I know it's only Wednesday, but I hope you guys have a great weekend. I know I will. I'm going to see my favourite band, Iron Maiden, this Saturday. Mm, nice. Very nice. I got two tickets to Iron Maiden, baby. You started singing that song, I thought it was not an Iron Maiden song. Friday, don't say maybe. I'm just a teenage dirt Yorkshire boy, Rob says, like Come on, we're going to get demonetized. Ooh. 
We're actually going to get demonetized. Carry on. Yeah. Thanks. Yorkshire Bob. Hey, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Says, just, just finished. guy on percussion, didn't they? <laughs> it was always doing this. Didn't even have an instrument. They had a separate drummer. I, didn't, I think I never understood well, it. like Bez. Yeah, he was like this. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> there's like a... Uh, the, uh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, take it away. You guys quite done. Yorkshire Rob says, just Turn finished. <laughs> <laughs> no, she doesn't know. We're already late. Uh, <laughs> just finished ripping out my kitchen. Now time for a lovely time with the boys. Lovely, lovely time, time with, with the boys. boys. Zachary Marsh says, do nightmare booking instead of fantasy. Uh, it's depressing <laughs> enough as it is. Yeah. Jamie Jupiter says, when Chopper Pete does Wrestle Talk news, can you get a funny segment where you use the Beach Boys song, Barbara Ann, but change the words to Chop, 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 Chopper Pete? Kind of like how you guys do the mustache <laughs> segment. Do you do you want to do that? No. Nah. <laughs> we'll workshop uh, it. Yeah. Uh, Kevin workshop it. Uh, Kevin <laughs> says, uh, nice. I left my headphone emoji at home, so no ramble for me today. Aww. Play it out loud for the whole world to hear. Don't mm. be ashamed. Share it with your friends. Lovely time with the boys. Uh, and the Great said, if he can move one superstar to any company, who and where? Gable to NJPW to make him a superstar. He might be top five on WWE's roster. Wasted potential. CM Punk to AEW. Can I have that one? Yeah, you can do. Uh, Aussie Open to AEW. That'd be great. Um, Nathan the Alpha Wolf Vela says, today is National Cheeseburger Day. Awu. Thank you. Hmm. Um, Brock Batty said, hey Luke, The Brock has sent you an email regarding his challenge to King Chopper Pete, wondering if you have received said email. Yeah, it came in during this show, so I've not read it yet. That's totally fair. Uh, Stevie Ray says, happy hump day. Ollie, can we get a Drake Maverick? Drake Maverick. Tristan C. said, Chopper, why so down on Steven Universe? It's amazing. What about Adventure Time or regular show? Any other opinions on other Cartoon Network shows? No. Keep up the good work, guys. Uh, no, I don't have any other opinions on Cartoon Network shows because I don't watch them and I don't have time to get into why I don't like Steven Universe. It used to be good and then it became bad. Um, I got someone who got in touch with me on Twitter who was very upset with you that you do not like Steven Universe. I'm used sorry. to like it. You said. I did used to like yeah. it. Yeah, it used to be really, really good. And then right towards the end of the series, they kind of undermined everything they'd done previously, which was really dumb, and I hated it. It was very convoluted, and mm. I didn't like it. Mm. And then they had the movie, which also wasn't great. So, in my humble opinion, I can feel your fiance's heart breaking. I know she <laughs> just did an amazing piece of art, by the way. Oh, it was really wicked, yeah, movie. yeah. Beyonce, yes, yeah. She's always been my yeah. fiance, Luke. Oh, uh, Luke, I was going to say, I knew. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, Luke? <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, uh, Dave the Aussie Experience Humphreys said, dropped in to say hello and have a little bit of the bobbly with the boys. Super Ollie, Mecca Luke, the Lucha Legend Laurie, Mr. Randall Datsun, mm, <laughs> Chop of the Pete, love all your content, gents. Thank you very, Thank much. You very much. It's very kind of you to say. When are you going to get married? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I have money, which is a long time off yet. Um, Matt Field said, Why can't people like Meltzer just stop leaking? It ruins the industry and has taken the element of surprise away it for years. It doesn't ruin the industry. He's been doing it for like 60 years, and it's never ruined <laughs> anything. <laughs> uh, Barely Average Gaming says, I forgot to add to prior Super Chat. Happy birthday, Chopper Whopper. Thank you. And, um, and congratulations on the engagement. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is not new. <laughs> um, it is now, mate. It's going to be a thing now. Davis has decreed. <laughs> when Dick I meet Dickhead <laughs> Davis has now made it a meme. When I meet you guys at MediaCon, we were already engaged. <laughs> yeah. I did yeah. 
completely. What kind of boss are you? Did you not know that? <laughs> Viola. <laughs> Viola says. We go for drinks quite a lot. I just thought they'd been going out for a while. <laughs> what did you think the ring was that she wore on her ring finger? Yeah. I don't look at fingers. Don't look lot. at ladies' fingers, you sicko. <laughs> I think fingers are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Viola says, I might apply to write for WrestleTalk. Oh, you oh, yeah, should. Yeah, yeah you please should. do. Yeah, yeah. You should. Admin oh, at WrestleTalk.com. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, Giant420 Ginger <laughs> says, uh, Would rather watch you than watch WWE. Hashtag BBB. Hashtag LTWTB. Lovely time with the boys. What's BBB? Uh... Bit of the nope, not lovely. <laughs> uh, bit of the bubbly. That bit doesn't of the, make bit sense. Bit of the brave boys. Bubbly brave boys. Bubbly brave boys. I don't know. Who can say? Now we got the ones that came in while I was reading the other ones. Echo says, "Dolphin." Yeah. E K H I. Close enough. And we've been through this several times. Uh, we've been through this several times, but uh, NXT has been promoted during almost every commercial break back here in Alabama. How many times I've heard we are NXT? Yes, but that doesn't count. That is, yeah. When we talked about, you had the best way to describe this. Uh, I think it was on the, the live stream you did, where it's like, if they'd have promoted it, you would have known. Yeah. That's, that's the way the WWE promote things. Like, if they had done a three-minute video on Raw, you would know. But it's these 30-second commercials that don't really show what the product is. If WWE really wanted to promote this, they would have done. Uh, Mike Martin the second said, KO is going to take Shane to Little People's Court. <laughs> God, I hope so. Um, Redacted Red said, what if The Fiend winning leads to an eventual Demon versus Fiend for the title, maybe at Mania? That's a common... Yeah, we've talked about that a lot. I, I, maybe, maybe a couple of years down the line, really, I think. Uh, Zach Icon Lintner <laughs> said, "Happy third and/or fourth day of the week, Chopper." <laughs> it's the fourth day of the week. I guess if Sunday. the week starts on Sunday say, or I, Monday, I on Monday. I Sunday. Really, I, I say on Monday. Monday. Monday's the start of the working week, but really? Sunday. You say Sunday's the start of the week. That was a. It's a thing, right? Sunday says no. It is. It is a thing. You get a lot of diaries that start on a Sunday. My uh, my calendar, which is based on Katana Comics, is Sunday to Monday, and it really confuses me because I go to write things on a Sunday and end up writing in the bloody Saturday mm. column. Also, the the calendar that I use to help do our weekly schedule starts on a Sunday. Does it really? Does it, I thought it was Saturday. As in, my schedule that I make starts on a Monday for mm. easiness. Hold on. But the actual calendar that we use with people's time off and everything starts from Sundays. Uh, that might be your specific set, M. If you're looking at it from Google fairness, Calendar. Probably, yeah. yeah. I was say, I'm looking at your, the one you've built, and it's built from Monday yes, through Yes, I know, Sunday. because we're, it, we're not in on Sunday, so why would I put in Sundays on the schedule I make? It's just conflicting, Pete, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Anywho, Anton H. This is getting very rambly. Uh, Anton H. says, Finn turns heel, joins the OC, fantasy book the OC to dominate... Royal Rumble, I guess, says uh-uh. Mm. Then Finn and AJ are left with insert babyface, and Finn wins Demon versus Fiend at Mania. Yeah, it's a good bit of... I, I would prefer, like, that that thing... You have the OC with Balor for, like, uh, two years, and then they get in the Rumble, and that's where Balor and AJ sort of have a leadership struggle. Yeah. Yeah, and that's... You, you build that. Sean Turner comes in to say the best sign, referring to the guy who said what sign should I bring before, is where is Bailey Sting? 
Yeah, that's also good. Or um, if you really want to get noticed, uh, write something about Final Fantasy VIII, because hmm. then Matthew will tweet about it. And he's got a, a way bigger audience. Mayor of Painesville Dan comes in dropping the knowledge bomb, uh, saying, Information for you guys. WWE uploads the full episodes of Raw and SmackDown to YouTube for countries without a TV deal, like Greece, huh. Romania, or the Netherlands. Using the old geo-blocking, so, mm. yeah, we can't see it. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, Jobber JJ, Ollie Davis, number mm, one inter- fan. Interesting is a strong word. Oh, I think that's very interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anywho, Joba JJ, Ollie Davis, number one fan, says, I'm just a teenage dirtbag. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Baby. Uh, I hate that song. You hate it? Yeah, I never liked that song. Oh, my God. I love it. I love that whole album. Oh, you're that guy. The the Wheatus album. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. I I was never a Wheatus kid. Hmm. Their little uh, little respect cover's great. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um... N.C. Lauder, N. Clauder says, Congrats, Chopper. Can't wait for little choppers. <laughs> <laughs> what have you guys done? Chopper children. Juan, Ma- Juan Martinez <laughs> says, Congrats on the engagement, Pete. Chopper JJ says, King Chopper Whopper has a Queen Chopper Whopper. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Queen Chopper Whopper. Caleb Maldonado said, Here's some money towards the wedding. <laughs> Congrats on the recent engagement. Do you, want us to keep, do you want us to make it a Patreon goal, Pete? I mean, if you want oh, it. You, we should do it as a live stream. <laughs> I would so, be pizza. so down for that. Uh, we'll Osprey to officiate it. Run in. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jughead Jones says, do you think WWE should bring back the scaffold match for Starcade? The actual Jughead from Archie. The, uh, sure. No, no, no. But no. it'd be it'd be funny. Uh, they shouldn't never bring that back. Though. No, no. Uh, Trenton Brown uh, says, you're talking about NXT's lack of promotion. Reminds me, remember when Seth broke Cena's nose and WWE promoted him, uh, promoted his return like the second coming of Jesus? John Cena's return after the nose thing. I don't remember. I remember the nose thing. I don't yeah. remember the, the return promotion. But yeah, that's an, that would be an example of how WWE can promote stuff, as overbearing as it is. Juan Martinez says, don't worry, Pete. I don't have much money either for a wedding. Lovely time with the broke boys. Why are you super chatting then? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to get married. Yeah. Really. yeah. I don't is. know. I haven't got any money. I don't know where it goes. And then finally, thank you to the Crocobilly and Barely Average Gaming for super chatting, but with no message. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you, all you of everybody you. for this particularly rambly episode. But oh. what great news for Chopper. It's <laughs> <laughs> just to, to a, to announce that on the show is a real special <laughs> moment. He got hired on the Wrestle Ramble. We all remember that when we did the phone call on oh WrestleMania God. weekend. And now he announced he proposed to his girlfriend on the live stream. Yeah. Amazing. Literally been engaged for all, the, like two years. It's news to me. So, you know. <laughs> I had this email in from Jaron Walker. Now, those of you probably know the name Jaron Walker. He's featured in the Super Chats as um, Small Afro Games. He's also been featured um, mentioning because he's the guy who's created all of our 2K characters that are going to feature in our 2K yeah. universe mode when we reach our 50,000 subscriber goal over on Screenstalker. Plus, longtime podcast listeners will remember Jaron Walker as the man who found the love of his life via this podcast. I love this story. Yes, well, anyway, he is emailed in with a date update. (gasps) An update? Massive conflict. Oh, have you read it yet? I have read (gasps) it. 
Hey guys, my relationship with Crystal, brackets, Bullet Club t-shirt girl. Should we, should we do a recap of the story so far? Go ahead. Just just to catch people up, everybody's podcast is their first <laughs> podcast. So, uh, Jaron Walker saw a girl at his college, I believe, at, in the lunchroom, and she was wearing a Bullet Club t-shirt. Ollie said, I bet you she smelled. <laughs> but in her... But in... Uh, I keep on trying to want to say Blake Ham. In Jaron's <laughs> words, she was quite attractive for <laughs> someone in a, in a Bullet Club t-shirt. <laughs> she always gets a laugh out of me. Because they're horrible marks. Yeah. And... Um, <laughs> As we're sitting here with our Funko Pops of the Elite on the desk. I know. Uh, and they, uh, they, they, he asked her out using us as like a, a sort of recommendation. A thing. conduit. Yeah. So he was talking about us. They got together. This was like a year, two years ago? Two years ago. We were in the old studio. Wow. Very much so. It felt like that felt very early days of the podcast. Mm. Well, I would remember I used to move across to the other side of the studio so we could have a direct conversation like this as opposed to sitting next to each other. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so here is the email. So my, uh, hey guys, my relationship with Crystal, brackets, Bullet Club t-shirt girl, has hit a wrestling-related roadblock end of the line. I'm very excited for NXT to be two hours on USA Network. NXT is consistently fantastic and is a great pay-per-view for what, uh, great preview, sorry, for what the future will hold for professional wrestling. I'm looking forward to watching it every week. However, Crystal has told me that she wants to watch AEW every week on television. What what more did you expect? She was wearing a Bullet Club t-shirt. We watch wrestling every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and sometimes Sunday together. I'm not worried about what we're going to watch... Um, I'm not worried about what we're going to watch once the Wednesday Night War comes around. We can easily watch both in one night. My concern is that I feel if... Crystal watches AEW every week. She may transition into an AEW-only type fan. Interesting. We watch Double or Nothing and All Out together, and that's all she would talk about. Even when we watch Raw and SmackDown together, she brings up inconsistencies in WWE's booking and says, quote, All Elite would have done that so much better. I love WWE. I grew up on it. And I don't get as angry as other people when certain stupid things happen. I also think we should appreciate all wrestling promotions because competition is a good thing. However, I feel like she's slipping away from being a fan of both products and wants to be strictly a fan of AEW. Am I overreacting? Should I be concerned? Please help. I don't want to lose my wrestling buddy. Is this about wrestling promotions? This sounds like it's a... Is there anyone else in her life at the moment? (laughs) This sounds like a classic email where someone emails in and they're actually talking about, you know, larger, larger under the surface issues. I think this is very much a wrestling related thing. I get that as well. Yeah. Uh, So interesting. But like you, surely you don't mind if she just goes full AEW. That kind of makes sense. And let's be honest, Raw and Smackdown are largely crap. Like we, we get a kick out of it just like you do because we grew up on it and... You know, for our sins, we're stuck with it for life, just like people are stuck with supporting their local sports team. It feels like that's kind of life sentence. But NXT and AEW are very, very good. Like, even if I didn't have the the childhood of growing up with wrestling, I would still watch those two because it's just objectively good programming. Yes, exactly. Uh, I'll be honest, this email screams to me, you just don't want her to watch AEW. Yeah. And that... And you, if that's the show that she wants to watch, then that's the show she's going to watch and that's the show she's going to like. You just said it yourself. She doesn't like Raw or SmackDown that much. So, yeah, more like... And you met her when she was wearing a Bullet Club t-shirt. More likely she's going to favour towards AEW. Like, as as Ollie said, 
What did you think was going to happen? You cannot blame someone for not liking Raw or SmackDown. Absolutely if not. If any one of us on WrestleTalk said, you know what, I'm just not going to watch Raw or SmackDown anymore, I'll go, well, you kind of have to. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I'll go, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I just understand. Yeah. But NXT and AEW, th- those are those are exciting things. I'm sure you'll both watch them together. I, but I also, you know, you have a very shared hobby. Maybe you're feeling you don't want to lose your buddy to watch Raw and SmackDown with. That's totally understandable. But, uh, yeah, sometimes you just have to let these people fly away. To let go of that means you love them more because it's actually, you know, five hours of... Largely inconsistent, slow wrestling. <laughs> Isn't that great? She could learn a language. That's <laughs> what I always think. If I, if I just learn a language for five hours a week instead of watching Raw and SmackDown and pay-per-views, mm-hmm. I'd be fluent in French. Yeah. I think I'd go for. I sometimes think when I wa- finish watching an episode of Raw, which is a three-hour-long show, I sometimes think, I could have watched all of the first season of Spaced mm. in the time it took me to watch this one show. How many episodes of Friends? Well, uh, well, okay, so I mean, sometimes there's the opening 20-minute promos. That's an episode of Friends. Yeah. It's an episode of Friends right there. Good grief. A whole half an hour's worth, minus the ad breaks, of content for one Triple H promo. Mm. That's the way you guys look at it sometimes. Um, this email comes in on the... Um, NXT subject on uh, the WWE not plugging NXT debate that you and I have had over the past few weeks where NXT is going to the USA Network tomorrow or tonight even. And it feels like WWE couldn't care less. And they've done it for purely cynical reasons. I mean, I'm not saying it's purely cynical reasons, but it certainly feels like it's purely cynical reasons. I also think Triple H just wants to have it to himself. I think he's like, nah, I don't want the Raw and SmackDown. This is my play, play box. Well, uh, Gary emails in to say, Hey, Luke and the gang. I've been listening to slash watching you guys for the last few years. I want to say first, thanks for the consistently consistent content. It's been great to see the team grow and the nasty, oops, I mean lovely boys, kept me company more than ever recently during a slobber knocker of a battle with testicular cancer. Oh. So genuinely, thank you all. Anyway, I've been listening to the recent chat about WWE not pushing NXT on USA. At first, I couldn't have agreed, how, agreed more how ridiculous a decision this is. However, we're talking about a company that literally shoves anything remotely related to growing their presence slash brand so deep down our throats, we all momentarily channel our inner Riley Reid. The show going on a major network primetime, surely they would maximize. You, the number- you are the smuttest <laughs> channel, Luke Owen. This is purely you. Was it me? Oh, yeah. She's not my type. <laughs> This is I, I didn't know Riley Reed existed before you brought her up like two and a bit years ago. And she's somehow become the porn reference of choice for the entire business. We should really reach out to her. She's she's basically become a mascot for the channel. Mm. Um, uh, the show going out on a major network primetime, surely they would maximize the number of viewers to attract advertisers, but... You know, because, well, money. So why on earth has there, until Raw, only uh, been uh, any push for it, brackets other than the tweets on the Tron, of the network uh, NXT pay-per-views, which is already the captured audience? The more I think about it, it kept coming back to the same assessment. So here goes, let me know what you think. WWE have made a conscious decision to minimize the push of NXT on USA for two reasons. Number one, 
So if they do better than AEW, it's clear they didn't even build NXT and this will de uh, discredit AEW just as they began th begin their journey, ultimately creating worry and panic in the IEC IWC, AEW's core audience. This could then bleed into AEW backstage and cause some unrest not huge as Tony Cody seemed to be switched on to, the, uh, to start hotshot booking like WWE. Number two, if they get hammered in the ratings, they can hugely play it down and the hardcore WWE fans can argue NXT audience is very organic versus a year build of AEW on TV. It feels like a very pragmatic tactical approach, which is a no-lose for WWE as the other element of this is that NXT will be more profitable with the talent getting better contracts and more likely to say. I actually, from a business perspective, can see a downside to how they've approached it until now. There's a high chance that USA asked them to push it, and that's why last night on Raw, we saw more of a push for NXT on USA. Apologies for the long email. Conscious it may work against me, as the only other time I sent something in was a Rusev hey, following you saying they dried up. Pretty sure I heard it uh, open the next day and be like, nope, that's far too long. And likely, <laughs> uh, I'll never read it there. Uh, but actually, again, feel free to bastardize it or not. Uh, I should at least... Uh, it should at least give you a good laugh. Take care and remain consistent at all times. And he has sent a Rusev Hay email, which I think I did read. I read through it again. It sounds very familiar, but I can't remember if it was just a case of I saw it and was like, oh my God, that's really long. I haven't got time to read it. But uh, so we've got a few minutes left before we have to go live to record the main show. What are your thoughts on these two points? I mean, they're both very similar, right? They're both very similar points. And that is essentially WWE uh, intentionally self-sabotaging so they can say, oh, well, we never really gave it our all anyway if AEW beats them in the ratings. Mm -hmm. I, that's, I, I don't think that, that holds up, really, because why would they have done this in the first place? If, if they're of that mindset, why even counter-program them with NXT in the first place? Yeah. And just, I just, if you look at the track record of WWE and their business practices, they are aggressively preemptive. You look at what's happened to the British wrestling scene. Like, w What are you talking about, Ollie? Brit wrestling's not dead. Progress kept telling me that all of Sunday. Sorry, Pete Dunn. <laughs> That's why you move into the States. <laughs> so that, you know, that, that would, there was an inkling that something, a little thing in another country might become bigger. So they came over here, started up NXT UK, invested in a load of promotions. With no plan. With no plans. Yep, yeah, they did that. And that, you know, that was purely a preemptive move against this two-hour special of WOS Wrestling on ITV two weeks later. Mm -hmm. That was a complete panic move. So if they did all of that and really pushed it on the chance that this thing might go get big, and you look how big AEW is already, and you're thinking, well, maybe they're just setting themselves up for this very minor bit of PR practice a bit down the line. I think I think that is very far-fetched, mm. like the Pokemon. I uh, believe if you... Uh, I, I think really in this case, it, this was done as a, a preemptive thing. And I, I think the Melter had this right all along, which is that it's not... NXT's not moving to USA to beat it in the ratings. It's being moved to siphon viewers mm. away. Uh, it's, it's even if they don't, even if they just capture or just take across a fraction of the audience, that's a win because it's less people watching AEW, it's less people buying their pay-per-views. That, that's the way I look at it. Anyway, that was what's uh, going to bring us to a close on this. Thank you all for all of your emails. We've got some great stuff to get into. We've got some rest talk get better that I'm really looking forward to getting to, which we'll do on tomorrow's podcast, um, which will be... 
the NXT review. The yeah, big NXT. Big one. The big NXT review because it's going live on the USA Network, which is very, very exciting. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.